Well, 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 what's up, everybody? I want to thank you all for joining us. Welcome to the Hood Talks. Um, I am so happy to uh, be here and happy to uh, be doing this, um, doing it for the hood, as I say. Um, and I'm so happy to have my guests on the show today. Um, should I say my first guest ever? <laughs> Wait on it. I'm going to get the little clapping sound soon. <laughs> but we got her clapping for y'all. But um, I, I'm so happy that y'all decided to be on the show and have this conversation. Um, it is important that I, I do believe we need to sit and have conversations and talk about and discuss things that are affecting our communities um, so we can educate our people, empower our people, and just get the word out. Get, the, get Let it be known what's going on. Um, so I want you guys to kind of introduce yourselves, give a brief bio of who y'all are, and, you know, how St. Louis do it. What hood you from? Or what school you went to? You know how we do it. But <laughs> go ahead and just uh, give us a brief bio. And whoever wants to go first, me or Terry, it's on y'all. Okay. I can go. Uh, my name is Mia Dory. Thank you so much for um, inviting me to be here today. It is an absolute Pleasure. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else but right here on the Hood Talks podcast. Okay. Um, I am uh, alumni of Jennings by way of Riverview. You know, you got to go to two high schools. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Northside, College Hill, uh, Country Club Hills, North City, uh, Bell Fountain, North County, you know. All around. <laughs> So thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. I definitely appreciate you being here. Uh, go ahead, Terry. You can introduce yourself. Uh-oh, you muted, Terry. Can you hear me now? Yep, we got you. Okay. So. Um, thank you for having me as well. I appreciate you even considering me for being on your show. Um, my name is Terry, as she mentioned. Um, I'm not originally from St. Louis. I'm from Iowa, but I did go to uh, Rockwood Summit High School. Currently, I'm the owner of uh, Lush Libations, where I provide premium cocktail service. It is based in the St. Louis area. I specialize in frozen beverages to go. And we also do traveling bartending services for a variety of uh, different events. So I've been doing that for five years. It's been really fun getting to meet new people and be a part of their events and grow my business. Um, like I said, I'm not from St. Louis. So everything that I've been doing is just being from meeting people, work, school. Um, I graduated from Lindenwood University uh, with an MBA and that's all I got going. I appreciate you inviting me and hopefully I can contribute because we did talk about a little bit of my views and um, opinions about this. So hopefully I can contribute in the way that you see fit. <laughs> I, I want to just keep it real and raw and 100. You know what I mean? Um, again, I think, you know, everybody has a story and everybody has their truth. And as long as we can respect each other's differences, we can have this conversation and we all, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. We're setting the stage for other people to be comfortable in coming up here and talking because I think this is what's going to make a different change, a lot of change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
With that being said, uh, go ahead, man. What you gonna say? Uh, Terry, uh, Linda with alumni, 05, okay. Hey, okay. Oh, Sally May? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with Sally. No, right? We need Biden for real on them student loans, though. I ain't, look, look, come on. Sure. Sure. Look, I'm with Sally. Mommy Mo. It's real and well. Mommy Mo. Look. <laughs> but awesome. no, um, yeah. Um, so we gonna get into it. Um, we wanna make sure that everybody. You know, we can respect people's time. Um, I, I definitely think we got a great show lined up. Um, and I want to start by just kind of getting your um, thoughts around um, this last, like, uh, election. Um, how do y'all feel about how it turned out, how it went, what's still going on with it? Like, what are y'all thoughts on that? So I can uh, I can speak on my thoughts. Uh, I just I just say um, I just remember the election night, and for me being a Black Lives Matter um, protester, community leader, um, and I know the work that has been put forth to um, you know for our voices to be heard, um, not only in this country but across the world to understand systematically, historically, economically, the history of this country and for everyone around the world to get it and to watch that election, to me, it was, it was too close for comfort for this country. It was way, it was entirely too close. And that let, let me know, like, even though we've you know, made these strides, we have that much further to go because we don't want another George Floyd situation. And that's what I kept thinking about, like George Floyd, like we're just that much closer to another incident like that. Um, yeah, so for me to think that, um, I mean, I have to be honest and truthful, this is the hood talks, right? Yes, please bring it, raw and real. Yes. Uh, to, be, to be truthful and honest, I could not, like it, it really like, it was already depressed, depressing um the first four years and it was mentally like i felt like it just put me into a space if he would have won and um anxiety depression would have been an overload i mean not just for me but for everyone else because at the end of the day when you talk about trump uh i mean he is a a, a bigot to the true element of the word i mean from his character um from his career from his personality all of it and for him to uh lead that four years um with racism because at the end of the day trump has been uh, uh it it documents receipts of his racism back in the 70s when it, uh, the u.s department of justice sued him the violation uh the violated the fair housing act you know so this is who he is so when he brought it to office as the leader of this country, we can't be surprised that uh, you know what happened to the Mexican immigrants and 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 what he and the, the rapes that took place and uh, proposing a ban on all Muslims entering the United States and you know calling the the coronavirus a Chinese virus, kung flu, like it was a joke to him. It was a joke, and it was a joke from the beginning at the cost of this country. Mm -hmm. It's still a joke because who does it is now? Like, can y'all imagine if Barack Obama tried any of this? Any of this? Oh. He is like white privilege right there. That's white privilege. He is white privilege. Because it wouldn't have been none of this. 
and people straight backing it up like it's ridiculous but yeah yeah so it's 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 just at the it's at the cost of us and and for him to have such a large following mm -hmm. um that is that is even sadder and disgusting yeah um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, one of like 70 million people that voted for him or something like that and that's not missouri and it's red state yeah mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah oh missouri yeah the, the gop yeah so yeah so when, when uh when biden won like i almost felt like it was a christmas gift to myself i put up our christmas tree <laughs> it just really just it was a shift in spirit so i can really appreciate uh, i mean man it was when he won i was like it just gave a new like i could breathe i could take a full breath like okay let's let's get back on track got you got you and terry you want to jump in <laughs> To me, I feel like it definitely was a sense of relief um, that Biden was elected. Um, like you said, the from how the country's been ran for the last four years is ridiculous. You know, a lot of this stuff with the coronavirus could have been prevented had Trump taken it serious. I mean, he fired the pandemic team, which has never been done in history. Um, like you said, he made a joke out of it. He's been racist and he's shown his colors from the beginning and i think that really gave people racist people a platform to be themselves openly too because we have a leader running the country who is openly racist ignorant sexist and showing that capitalism is king and we're no longer taking people's health feelings or anything into consideration it's all about money and power um i hope that biden will be a better president to me one thing i do feel about racism is that i'd rather see you for who you are and know yeah. than for you to present yourself in a different light and still be racist behind closed doors i do agree uh, because, with you on that one as we yeah. do know the system was not set up for us in the beginning. Mm -mm. So part of me feels like until the system is uprooted and, ch and changed um, from a constructive standpoint, from how it was built fundamentally, it's never going to be for us, no matter who is in a position of power. Because it's working exactly the way that it was designed to work to oppress black people to keep us where we are. I mean, we do see small changes here and there, but overall, um, the system is working how it's designed to work. I apologize, my daughter is. No, girl, we weren't real. We her own, her it own, happens. Uh, <laughs> she her like, own I'm, person. I'm part of this conversation too. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's I, my thing too. We gotta talk for our kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah I, sure. I think we lack a lot of that. Like we wanna hide our kids from the real world and things that's going on. I'd be like, nah. We gotta have these conversations with these kids, you know. It's a lot of conversations. I wish my grandparents would have told me about that they had to endure when they were growing up, you know. Right. And uh -huh. I, and that's part of it too, you know. A lot of our grand our elders, our grandparents, um, our ancestors, they fought for a lot of the rights that we do have today. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, voting is kind of like from a respect standpoint. 
Um, I don't yes. do it necessarily because I think it's going to change a lot. Yes. I do it out of respect for the people who died. And, and I don't say they died to vote. I died, they died because racist people were empowered to kill them and to oppress us and to take off, take away our rights. You know what I mean? We, we've continuously had to fight and die for just to live. Mm -hmm. And it's still to this day, it's a lot of people who can't go out and feel comfortable, you know, living in St. Louis, you go to Chesterfield and St. Charles and people look at you a certain way, like you're not supposed to be there. Or, you know, you feel like people go out to eat in certain areas and people treat you differently. And you have to wonder, is it because it's the color of my skin? Mm -hmm. And it's 2020, you know, we still shouldn't even have to even feel like that. I agree. Uh, so I think that we, we definitely still have a lot of work to do. And um, voting, I think, is, is a part of it. Mm -hmm. However, I think that from a systemic standpoint, it's a lot more involved in it than that. I respect that. I, I agree to a lot of that, too, honestly. Um, I think that um, voting is a part, and it's a lot of, it's like a puzzle piece. And we're missing different pieces. And yeah. once we get all those pieces together, then the picture will be clear. But right now, right. we're missing a lot of pieces. And then people in the Black community, I think we get so divided off of things that it's like, it's pointless. If you can't agree, that's fine. But let's find something that we can agree on and let's move forward for the betterment of our people. Um, so I definitely think, you know, we need to work on that. Me too, you know? It's like either you too woke or you too hood. Yeah. I'm balanced. I'm walking. I'm hood. So you know, like you know, you know what I mean, like right. I but like, I can't be in the middle. I gotta be on either side. Like why we can't come together and decide on what we need to move forward and make those things happen. And, and that's, that's another. That's another good point to make too about uh, black people. We're a very diverse and intricate group of people. It's not just you know, hood people or articulate people or nerds or what it's it's a whole wide range of us. We're everything and anything. And we always rise to the occasion and we're the strongest people that I know. And it's okay to have a difference of opinions. And um the, to me the biggest thing is that like you said that we respect each other's opinions and that we also listen to others so that maybe it's a perspective that you never heard before or maybe there's some information that you've never gotten before so it's continuously you know doing your research and um listening to others and being empathetic with others and being understanding too because we're not just one type of people right right yes and i think people fail to realize that it's many different um people and then we grow up in different situations everyone's Definitely. life thing is totally yeah. different you know what i mean so you have to think of that and take that in consideration um, especially when we're so harshly judging ourselves, but that's a whole other topic. You hear me? Self-hate and all of that. That's another episode. But, yeah. <laughs> um, for, but sure. for real, though, um, I guess we can get into, like, so you guys did kind of talk about, like, you do vote and why you vote, um, which I respect, and that's kind of another thing where I would say um, I vote because, like, it's a respect thing. Uh, what I do wish to highlight is that what I would love if we get more people that's willing to run for offices um, and be and get in those seats that's ready to do the work for our people. I think that's where it would be um, beneficial for us is getting more people that are really down to make a positive 
um, influence on our people and do some things for our people and get in our seats and make, you know, well, that comes with diversity too in the system and stop blocking people because they don't do things this well. They have to have this old track record or however it goes. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, my, my perspective on that is I think that's true, but I kind of look at that as like, and how in corporate America, you know, they sprinkle some black people around and you, you get in a position, um, you know, a management position or whatever, and you still have these other people. Like, um, politics is all like checks and balances. We've had black people in positions of power politically, but then you have to worry about the checks and balances system. You have to worry about white people blocking your efforts. I agree. That's why that, we need more. Uh -huh. We have that documented over and over again. And not only that, all, can, all skin folk, not can folk. So that's right. another thing you have to worry that's about it. as well. Right. And so I, I really think from us, like a system standpoint, it's completely broken. And until we can get that system uprooted and, you know, and, every, and it's not just, um, I mean, I guess police are political as well, but there's so many different intricate pieces and moving parts that play a part into this whole picture of oppression and racism it's like where do we start right and, and, and i and i add to that because that 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 is a a very strong point where do we start because when i look at um that piece it's like a maze so if you have the entire black race in this maze and we're all trying to figure out how to get to it's like you got these openings at the end of the maze or you know mm -hmm voting and then you got black on black crime and then you got systematic racism and then you you got all these areas black babies dying and um and then being held down it's like we're all going several different directions mm. but then when you think about other cultures like even in st louis when you think of Asian business community you think of your city and they have all their areas they have their businesses packed in one area mm -hmm. they do they circulate their money from within. They do. If they go out into, I don't know, Clayton, or they go out into certain areas, it's not even where their businesses are. And they go buy houses. While we are still in this maze, trying to figure out, you know, which area are we going in? Because at the end of the day, when people come to this country, they come for opportunity. And mm -hmm. we talk about the history of this country when it comes to our culture, have been fighting literally since the beginning of being in this country. There is not one part point of us being in this country where we got to say, you know what? Look what we did. Look at all our accomplishments. We're still fighting. Right. right. 2020, we're still fighting. And it's just like um, Terry said, like, you know, you, once you see an area of, you know, here comes the system, like, uh-uh. Because the system is what keeps track of everything, even from the data of who we are as a people, because we are the most resilient people. Definitely. The most resilient people. So when you're talking about um, this data, they have that information. So if they see some, something fluctuating, like, uh-uh, let's knock them back down. They, they get, right. a little, you know, get a little too high. So that's why I look at voting is so important because we can't depend on a system that has been designed to hold us down and to keep us from any type of success 
to be the one that's going to be the white savior, come in and say, oh, I'm going to save them. Here we go. No, that's not what's going to happen. Until um, that is a shift and you got certain people that are out, certain people that are in, and, and those people are us. The only people that's going to save us are us, is, is us. You know, we can't sit back and wait for the government. The government has invested in, you know, food stamps and, um, and, and, and uh, Section 8 housing. They haven't met any money into Black development. Mm -hmm. So the system has been designed for us to depend on them. And then they sit back and say, look what Amazing. I mean. You're unappreciative. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. so that system, that status, status quo has to be changed uh, for us by us. Right. And not to mention those programs that they do put in place for food stamps and Section 8, white people are the people who are benefiting from those programs the most, who are using those programs the most. However, I don't know how somehow it is seen that we're that black people are the ones who's benefiting from those programs the most and that's simply not true because the data is out there as well but yes. what's crazy is the white people who are broke and poor they rather be broke poor and racist mm -hmm. than broke poor and allies so that's why they still will support trump who don't care about them i don't care about them because they just as bad to, in his eyes and they'll still sit back and support him just because they hate black people. And that's who's supporting him a lot of the time. It's either yes. the rich, rich white people who want to hold on to their power and their money, or it's the broke poor white people who just racist. <laughs> and then they hide behind their Christianity. Oh, I'm a Christian, so you know, I, I don't believe in I, I, I voted for him because I don't believe in abortions and all of that and liberals and nah, nah. Uh -uh. That's an oxymoron. It's an oxymoron and and, uh, but you know, those people are at ground level, you know, those are comedians, they're at ground level to get their signs, their flags. And, um, yeah, they're at ground level. So, um, and then too, when I think about that, it's like, we have to come to the realization that this country profits economically, socially, systematically off of black poverty. We got the most about buying power, mm -hmm. the most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, yes. we lack, and we lack in supporting black businesses or we we even lack in making our own businesses um but again we don't have the resources to do such things sometimes yep. you know what i mean um and because yep. i think about like long ago you know i was talking with a couple of friends and i'm like we don't have black businesses that give us the necessity things like a walmart owned black businesses you know you need food you need clothing you need Water, you need two, you know, basic things you need a lot of, and we don't have a place to go that can really, we can fund. Provide those. Yeah, things. to get those things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so like, Mia said, like Mia said, all those businesses, those Asian businesses in U-City, uh, those Italian businesses on the hill, we're funding those so they can go out and, and chest the field and, and buy up all them houses and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they looking at us, when we walk into the beauty supply, they following us around the store. Right. If we stop going, y'all won't have no businesses. Don't even get me started. I had one in Snooks tell me to move. Like, are you serious, lady? I'm like, I am got my baby. I ain't trying to go to jail and I got too much going on in my life. Okay, look, look, go go and get work enough. Um, yeah. She tried up told me and my mama to move. I'm like, right. yeah. So right, that and we and like you said, we spend all our money and give you know, all our yeah. 
Yeah, funding their kids to go to colleges that our kids can't get into, you know, funding their families over back at their homes and stuff like that. And, you know. Yeah, but, but then you got to look at that as a whole because that is the part that really, like, upsets me down to my core. Because if it wasn't for the Civil Rights Act, there would have been no Immigration Act. Right. Come to this country. And that's the, cra that's the craziest thing to me is, like, during the civil rights movement, you had people that lost their lives, you had people that were jailed, you had people who were bitten by dogs, um, you know, had the, the fire hydrant water hose, you know, sprayed on them. Like, okay, now you got the Civil Rights Act based off of our blood, sweat, and tears. But then they're like, oh, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, let's create this Immigration Act off of the civil rights movement. And, they, and that allowed people to come in this country, get funding to come into this country, get loans to come into this country, had no problem getting housing in this country, had no problem getting education in this country. All those things that we've been fighting for, it was given, like, here, here you go. And we still in 2020 can't get a business loan because, you know, what the system say, uh, Black people are, you know, they, they're increasing in this area. So let's knock them back down and let's not, we're, we're, let's, you know, level out the business loans for now. Because mm -hmm. that's Or well, I'll give you this money, but it comes with a cost, you know? Oh, yeah. Higher interest rates. A huge cost, right. Yeah, a huge cost, right. And that's another thing people don't talk about either, you know, when you walk into, they have that power to even do that, you know, a white lady might walk into, a white or Asian person might walk into a bank and get a business loan at a lower interest rate than we will. And it may not even be based on just your, uh, your credit or your, your history or anything like that. It may just be based on the color of your skin. And I was just reading how in, in the state of Missouri, there was some research done on the housing market and how sellers of property um, were selling property at a higher rate um, to black people than they were to white people or for black people who were trying to sell their property um, to, to other people when the um, people come in and do the uh, inspections and evaluate the property value we're giving black people a lower property value than those of white people yeah. so like Mia said you know the, that data that's there for them to say okay you know black people are buying property over here Let's try to find out another way to make it a little bit more difficult for them. Mm -hmm. That's very real. And, that, and, that's, and, that's, and that's the saddest part because when we, as they call it, congregate and come together, that's why there's always a mold that goes in because they want to know, because we are the most studied people in this world. The most studied and the most followed and they they have to know what is going on with us because it has to be recorded mm -hmm. so when you talk about the black lives matter movement um michael brown um that movement that took place they have to know what's going on because they have to know how to plan for what's next they have to mm -hmm. you know be able to be uh cut us off mm -hmm. so you you can't you i mean even with the black lives matter movement like it got so inf infiltrated <laughs> you know what i mean like it and then once it got infiltrated, it became prof it became profitable. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a profit. Yeah. Even at the cost of us fighting. Okay, we're gonna profit off of this. How can we profit off of this? That's what this. I mean, that's that's what it's said and done. But 
we also have to look at um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So when you talk about those six basic needs that a human is supposed to have, the, at the first, at the bottom, the so, uh, psychological need is like the food, uh, water, sh uh, shelter, and rest. Then you have safety, then you have love and belonging, then you have esteem, and then you have self-actualization. In those areas of need and those areas of poverty, those six basic needs are not even being met. Right, right. In no way, shape, or form. But then you talk about, well, we give in these area food, they got food stamps, they got government housing, but what about every other need that needs to be met? You talk about safety. Right. And you right. talk about safety, that's, a, that's the biggest one when you talk about safety and these kids are being shot and killed in the city. And then you talk about the police uh, cover-ups in the city. Mm. So you're kind of like a two-fold to where it's like, you know, the, the safety end for sure, like, that's, that's sad. You, but then they say, we can get more basic than that when you talk about food. Look at the grocery stores oh, and God. the food options that's available in certain areas. Man, you know, I, I talk about that all yeah, you you, yes. you you can see that as simple as they. And that's a part of it as well. You know, mm -hmm. that keeps us sick mm -hmm. so that they can benefit, they can profit off yes. of us being sick, sick so that we're going to the hospital. And then yeah. when you go to the hospital, you don't get adequate care because you're black. So then you're dying. And let's mm -hmm. talk about how in Missouri, how everyone, um, the first few months of the people who died from COVID were all black. Mm -hmm. Right. I have people who work at the hospitals at DePaul and um, they saying all the people in the morgue is mostly black. Mm, yeah. People, yeah. people love ones in trucks because the morgue is full, the hospital's full, they kicking people out. This people are dying and sick and they don't even have, like you said, their, their basic necessities when you get down mm -hmm. to just to the basics of food. Mm -hmm. yeah. They give you the bare minimum scraps. Actually, yeah. crap. And like, it's no I apologize. It's physiological yeah. need. I'm sorry. But I'll add to what Terry just said is uh, because I lived in College Hill for nine years. Mm. And if you know College Hill is, North St. Louis, 70 and Grand, Blair, DeSoto, Water Tower. Lived there for nine years. Now, um, when you talk about St. Louis City, you can't not talk about the Arab community that curates mm -hmm. the city and it's not that uh mm, this this is the hood talk so okay God, this is the <laughs> keep it real man that's why you know i love you I mean, that's why i wanted y'all here because i want people we gotta keep it real we gotta keep it 100 yeah, and people ain't gonna like it you gotta you gotta talk you gotta talk about the arab community saturating north city with the food that is the unhealthiest of the unhealthiest foods that mm. you can get off your food stamps. Mm -hmm. And then about the nasty attitudes, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the treatment of mm -hmm. black women mm. in, in the city. Mm -hmm. And you also have to talk about um, the fact that in these uh, particular stores that you can buy uh, drug um, paraphernalia in these stores, mm. Pipes, you can buy empty capsules. Like these are things that you can buy in these Arab stores. What? 
uh, helping the community be exactly what it is, because I call North City urban decay. It's like a, a tooth that you have decaying, and the mm -hmm. more the more sweet you, you get worse and worse and worse and worse. So you, you know, you so you hit a nerve. Mm -hmm. Then you feel that the pain. Is what I call it. That is, and that's what I and that's what I call it. And even for me living in North City, and I speak on this, they had that uh, Snooks at Grand and Kasuth, and that's that Snooks is no longer there. Mm. The only grocery store in that area that um, served the community in this capacity, when you talk about pharmacy, um, cakes, if it was a kid's birthday, you can go to Snooks and get a cake. You know, right. ice cream, like those things, you know, you think of like cake and ice cream, those things kind of like normalize your household to be able to go to your local grocery store and mm -hmm. buy get a cake. Mm -hmm. um, but when it's said and done, like that grocery store, had expired food in there, expired milk, um, bread that was literally like a couple days from expiring. Um, they had this is a, a, a grocery store we're talking about, um, a big grocery. chain grocery store. You yeah. know what I mean? This is a big name, it's a big brand. So. It is because Man. when I go to other areas of uh, other areas, um, where the income levels are, of course, higher you have better quality. You even have Snooks Culinaria where they're upstairs. You can, you can buy a steak and you can go upstairs and, and, and have that steak cooked for you. And you can sit and have a bottle of wine. And, but that particular Snooks, it was like, we're going to give them the leftovers. We're going to give them the bare minimum and hey, deal with it. So yeah, because you have nowhere else to go anyway. So you, you got to go. You ain't got nowhere else to go. So now, and at this moment, the only grocery store that they have is a Snook. Uh, I'm sorry, the the Aldi's, mm. Natural Bridge and Grand. Now that Aldi's is no different from that Snooks. That Snooks was already at a three. Now you got this uh, Aldi's that's at a negative because they're even worse. We're trying to get fresh fruits and vegetables. That's yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, even in the county, I'm you know I'm over here in Ferguson, and some of these Aldi's over here, I'll be like. I'm, I, I thank God I could go farther, but I hate going farther because if yeah. I go farther, I'm giving them money for their community yep. and my community ain't getting no money. But I don't want to eat fresh fruit and I want fresh vegetables. I don't want, you know what I mean? Especially when you talk about being healthy and trying to eat better and better my kids and myself. Like, I have to go that far to get it good, but I don't want to. But why y'all can't do this in my, in, in my neighborhood? You know what I mean? Or in neighborhoods yeah. like this. Like, come on, y'all. And, that, and that's why you got to speak on. That is why 63107 is one of the highest infant mortality areas as far as black babies dying at the rate that they're dying. 63107 is the is one of the highest zip codes in the state of Missouri for black babies dying at an extreme rate. There is um, the health, the health care, the, the clinics, the, the food uh, like what do you expect when you put everything that is supposed to be in place to help the families thrive, help black women thrive, help children thrive? And it is it's absolutely, it's, it's gone. It's not, it's not there. And then you talk about education. You got, you, what is it, 11 SLPS schools that are supposed to be closing? So what do you expect? Right. What do you expect? Right. The crime is out of control. Like it's it's a it's a playground for exactly what is going on. 
and we could talk about this. I mean, oh my God, we can go, man, we can go on and on about these things. And that's why this, that's why I'm trying to, start, I want to get, I wanted this show because we have to educate our people. And we got to let them know that we see, and we trying to, we going to make some changes. Like, yeah, look at her. We pushing through. Cause man, and people don't know these things though, cause they're in that bubble and they're being affected, but they don't know. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, this is normal. Oh, you know. Oh, yes, it's no, it's normalized. Yeah. To the scraps that you're given, mm-hmm. we just gonna take these scraps and not say anything because we're depending on the government to sustain us, mm-hmm. not teach us to be um, independent, not to teach us to not depend on them. They would rather keep quiet. Like you said, it's normalized. So we're going to deal with this um, poor transportation system. We're going to deal with not being able to get fresh fruits and vegetables. We're going to deal with just walking around with my kids. And that's the thing, too. Like, it just it, it bothers me when I see, like, these kids can get it. You can get a, a Philly cheesesteak. You can get uh, TJ's pizza. You can get hot wings in North City. But you can't get a fresh salad. Mm-mm. You can't get fresh fruits and vegetables. And I even asked the, uh, the Aldi's, I was like, or isn't this fruit supposed to be refrigerated? And he was like, it doesn't have to be. And I'm like, at every other Aldi's and at every other grocery store, these particular fruits are refrigerated. And you leave this out, meaning that it's going to go bad quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is what we have, the scraps. And that is exactly what North St. Louis have, is scraps. So when you give someone scraps, guess what? That entire zip code, along with others, are in survival mode because mm-hmm. we're talking about basic, ne- basic human needs not mm-hmm. met. You have a community that is surviving, period. Black people, period. So that grinds my gears when somebody talk about, oh, Black Lives Matter, but what about Black on Black crime? Don't get me started with that. Come on. Right, we're don't get me started with that one. About black, on black, black on Black crime, that is, that is a discussion. When you're it doesn't about, exist. Whoa. When you talk about the status quo, I mean, that's like someone saying to me, well, what about the black man being in the house? Well, we can take that back and talk about the crack era. Who brought mm. So we can talk about that all day. So when a system is set up to perform a certain way, you can nitpick and magnify those certain things that come from a system that is set up for failure. So right. if it's set up for failure, I'm not going to magnify the black man not being in the house that's the way it's supposed to be. I can't have right. mama out on crack, baby in the system. Because y'all put y'all put the crack in the community. Exactly. So when you right. talk about children's division, you can't talk about, well, why don't the black community trust children's division? You can't leave out the history of children's division because they were called baby snatchers back in the day because they were a part of the status quo. So that that's my point. Like, when you talk about basic needs um, not being met, you can't say, okay, uh, we're going to focus on black on black crime. You got to focus on that as a whole. Everybody in that area is surviving, period. It, they're in survival mode. So right. They're not, ta- they're not even thinking about their mental health. They're thinking about, I got to sell these food stamps because I got to keep my lights on. Right, right, right. My baby needs to eat, right. Baby needs to eat. The baby needs pampers. The baby needs formula. Then you're talking about not even being able to focus on the child's development because, you know, it's it's, it's so many moving parts, but that basic 
need for human, like that's what needs to be focused on. And the mental health. I agree. That's a big one. That's a big one. And that's that's a conversation to come for me too, because I think black people and mental health definitely needs to be oh, discussed. Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean for the studies to show that children before the age of five in those areas suffer trauma mm. before <laughs> the age of five. You can't just you can't just bulldoze over that data. Right. Before the age of five, suffer some type of trauma. That's you crazy. Can't that. So you got this five-year-old with trauma. Now that trauma has manifested. Now that child is 10. Now mm -hmm. that trauma, top of, you know, it's layers of trauma by 10. So mm -hmm. now you're a teenager. Now you're talking about oppositional uh, defiant disorder, ODD. Now you're talking about ADHD. Now you're talking mm -hmm. about this child wants to fight. Mm -hmm. This child wild out. Now this child is no longer uh, protected, protected by a particular system. Now this child is 21. Mm -hmm. now, this, now this kid got guns that shouldn't even be on the street. Well, really, that kid had that illegal gun when he was more than likely 12. I'm about to say that's starting. Yeah, it's, it's younger now. Yeah, it is. So now we're talking about 21. That system was set up for that young man to be this 21 year old who has a, a record longer than someone that lives in a different area. I agree. Go to school to prison pipeline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's real. It's real. And that's exactly oh. what these 11 schools closing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What do you expect? Prison, prison, is a bit, prison is a business. Prison yes. is a business. Yeah. Yes. Uh, king and at our, and yeah. it's, it's at our expense. Always. Always. Yeah. I do agree. And that is the way that and that's the way in, in my mind that a judge looks at a child that is 12 years old and say that this 12 year old um, rob this rob this woman at gunpoint, and this judge looks at this twelve year old boy and say, "Huh, if he goes to prison, we can get the boy looks healthy." It's almost like this slave mentality being on the mm -hmm. black. Yeah, how you like lift the gums up? See, you know mm -hmm. this boy is healthy. We can get sixty years out of him. We can get sixty mm -hmm. years labor off this young man. Mm -hmm. But that's that goes back to voting because we vote those judges in. We do. So we have to talk right. about right. We are. We're like when we were this last election. I was like, y'all know who these judges is. Like we can't just think about the president. Like yeah, all them judges, and that, you see, they don't talk about the judges when we're in elections. They don't talk about no. them. You don't hear nothing about these judges. You just like, well, who is who is this? Wait a minute. I so that's set up, and just like they have all these different um, uh, what do they call them? Uh, people like um. Um, I forgot independent people that run. You don't hear about them either. You know what I mean? You only mm -hmm. hear about these two main people because they want you know, that's a system. That is a system. But ladies, we can talk about this all day in respect of people's time. I do want to bring in um Nancy Price from uh the League of Women Voters to talk about voting. Um she's gonna give us some information to kind of educate the people. Um so Thank you, Miss Nancy, for being here. I appreciate it. Um, it's all yours. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm at the wrong end of my presentation here, but um, I just put some of these things on um, a PowerPoint because it might be easier for people later on to look at them or reread them, um, not because they're going to be so super formal. But um, when um, 
Shavana called me. Um, she got me real infected with her enthusiasm. And um, she's got plans. And, you know, and then I'm listening to her friends and I'm thinking, you guys are a really amazing group of women. And I'm not saying that because I don't give false praise. And um, it, it, it comes through. And I've heard a lot of really heartbreaking stuff, which most of it I already knew about. And the thing is, the reason it's so heartbreaking is I really don't know much to do about it. And when you said like, that's all connected and what do you do first? And really, you know, you can't even find a first because it is interconnected. And, and um, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking what's going on and it's really hard to try and see a path. And then the other thing I, I really thought a lot about what you said was that black people aren't a monolith because I think um, to me, that's almost like another form of prejudice. Like we see whether you're a black person looking at a black person or a white person looking at a black person, you have all this, all these assumptions about who they are. And um, the same, I think the same is true. You know, I, I'm a white woman, everybody assumes, well, this and this and this, but um, a lot of those things don't never have fit me. And that's been an interesting, like to be treated differently than who you are inside. So I, I don't know, I have no answers. Um, I understand why you guys don't have answers because they're extremely difficult problems. Um, I do hear you. I think um, sometimes I think um, you could get support from women because there are some similarities. I'm not saying the magnitude is the same or anything else, but one of the things that struck me about this um, pandemic is that the women are all working from home, juggling their children, giving up their jobs, and that is, um, or getting fired. Um, and that's, you know, that's a woman's issue that nobody spoke to this whole election. And I listened, because I wanted to hear somebody say, we need to be like other civilized countries and do childcare or, you know, support women who are working. And not just women, but I've, I've, I think there's, I think there are very, um, I, I don't wanna say sympathetic people, cause that sounds like, you know, I feel for you, but you know, I'm out the door. Um, but I, I, I encourage you to reach out beyond um, because it's it's just I I feel we're all connected. That's always been my frustration, and that um, we all need to help each other, no matter where you find yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for letting me be part of your discussion. It's um, it's just raw, you know, because it's just I'll be thinking about it for a long time. But let me just tell you what I was invited here to talk about. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy, um, for your transparency. Yeah, thank you for that. And if you don't mind, you might want to put it in PowerPoint view. Um, oh, is that, did I not do that? Okay. Um, <laughs> this is like, as I am screen sharing. Yeah, you're on screen share. It's just not like a 
presentation. It just has your different slides. But if you want to do it that way, that's okay. fine. Okay. Let me interrupt y'all up. Let me see if I can, like this, is this? Yeah, easy? there you go. Okay. So um, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about me and a little bit about the league. Um, I am a retired person. I was a scientist. I did a lot of different things and I lived a lot of places in the country. I lived East Coast. I lived all over the Northeast. I lived in Minnesota. I lived in California. So it's not like I'm an expert, but it makes you kind of, um, I'm a curious person. So you want to know where you are and how things work and how people are. So um, I'm learning a lot about St. Louis. I've been here a little over, oh, about a dozen years. And so I didn't go to high school here. <laughs> but um, the League of Women Voters, and here's their um, website. There's a lot of information on the website. I will tell you that. It's a good resource. And then um, the league is really, it's, it's nonpartisan. And so I'm probably going to get a little bit of flex somewhere along the line because, you know, we've talked so freely here. But um, the league is not um, partisan. We do issues like we can work for better schools and we do. We can work for, worked very hard for Medicaid expansion um, and now the funding and, and, and getting that, okay, now we passed it. How do we make it so you can go to a doctor and have it paid for? So those pieces are, and there's a lot of ongoing work. And um, some of the other things we're looking at are voter access. We'd like to have, um, well, we tried to get rid of the notary requirement and we'd like to get rid of excuses for uh, absentee voting. Um, because most states, you don't need an excuse. It's like a nice day on uh, October 30th and you're on your lunch hour and you go, I just think I'll go vote because, you know, I got some time and it's nice out. You can't do that in Missouri. You have to give an excuse. And um, we don't think that's necessary. So um, I do need to say that, you know, we're very much nonpartisan. But I think we, I, we are very much about empowering voters. And so I think we have some common ground there. So one of the things that um, Siobhan asked me to talk about was about voting after like a felony conviction or some other interaction with the law. Because um, there, when I first started doing this about 10 or 12 years ago, a lot of people, and it was really, pretty common in black communities to believe that you lost your right to vote once you were convicted of a felony. So um, that's not true. And the good news is we just have to get the word out there. So how do you do, what, what are the, what, what are the rules? Okay, let me see if I can scoot, scoot us over a little bit. Um, okay, just in general, um, a lot of things about voting are under state control. And that's why as we've gone through this election, we've heard about all the different ways, voting early, um, postmark dates, uh, being able to come in after the election with your, your ballots. Those are all under um, state laws. And so it's important when we talk about voting to talk about Missouri in particular, because we've all heard this, this and this and this, but that doesn't necessarily apply here. 
So each county and St. Louis City is considered a separate county has its own board of elections and you have your registration with the one where you live. Um, if you move, if you're in the same county, you just need to update your actual physical address because um, sometimes you can be moving within the county and have a different fire department, different school district, um, different things that, um, that may come on your ballot or leave your ballot, depending on where you're living. If you move to another county or you move city to St. Louis County um, or vice versa, then you need to re-register because they each have their own records. Um, and you can vote, you can register to vote at 17 and a half, but you can't vote until you're 18. So you could register, be, you know, if you're gonna be 18 on November 1st, you can register at 17 and a half, which can be a real um, good thing for to know if you're a parent. Um, and you can register online at the website um, but if you do all your registration online and you don't show any kind of ID, um, which you've all shown IDs when you registered to vote, because I know you're all voters. But um, if you start and you don't do it in person, then you will be asked the first time you go to vote to show an ID because no one's seen it yet. Um, libraries, uh, there are voter registration drives or lots of things like that. If you have a group, um, invite the league to come and do a registration. So um, after you've been, I'm just saying involved with the law because you know things get really confusing sometimes. So for a felony conviction, when you are under your sentence, which also includes not just prison time, but a parole or probation, then you are not allowed to vote in Missouri. Okay, once you've completed your sentence, if you're going to go back to the same county where you were last registered and you haven't been away for like 20 years, um, then you can contact the election and have it reactivated. A lot of times when people get out of prison, I'm just talking real here, um, they don't get to go back where they were before. They might have to go stay with mom because they're um, on probation or something like that. So that would mean that, you know, if, there's, if they move to another place and then once they're off probation parole, they're in another place, then they will need to re-register because they haven't been registered there. Um, what I've been told is they put your um, registration on the inactive list, but I don't know how far back that goes. You know, I don't know if they started that five years ago or something. So um, can I say yeah. from my recent experience with a situation like this, yes. I was helping someone get registered to vote. Um, and of course, they filled out a whole new application and couldn't figure out why it wasn't online or why it had been accepted or anything. Called the Board of Elections and they told they told us that that he had to submit paperwork. Um, shout out to Action STL. Um, I wish I could have been here to talk to they found out that that was false. If you're not on parole or probation, you can just complete an application and you should be able to vote. They don't need any paperwork. Okay, y'all, don't let them people trick y'all. I just wanna put that out there. Sorry. And I have, I looked up um, 
as I was getting ready for this, because things change, um, the ACLU has said that you don't need to have any paperwork. Um, what I was told, and I've never seen the papers that you have when you get, you finish your probation and you do a handshake with your officer and you're free, um, that somewhere in, I, I assume they, it's like getting a mortgage. They give you a, a stack and a half of, of paperwork, but somewhere in there it does say that you, when you finish, you're allowed to go and re-register or register or reactivate. But um, I think most people just don't look through it because they've got a life that they're working on. So um, they're dealing with coming back out and all the things they have to rebuild. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not blaming yeah. them, and but I've never seen the packet, but I've been told that it's in there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I mean, even then, you know, some people just listen to things that they hear or like the Board of Elections telling you you need the paperwork. So if you call and they tell you that and you like, oh, well, I tried. I, I don't know what this paper is. Like, I was persistent. I'm like, this don't sound right. But some people just like, well, I'm trying. They told me I can't. So that's it. They don't know. So that's why I'm saying, no, you can and verify. Verify. Don't give up. Cause, and it's sad. That, but that's, the sad thing is I, we shouldn't have to go through that. It shouldn't have to be no extra step. It should just his yeah. application should have been submitted and that's it. But we didn't. Have, we had to go through the fight and that's what's tiring. You know. I know. It's so. Tiring. Here's the here's the way I feel about that. Um, like I just ordered something online and they messed up my order. They sent it to another store. I went to two stores. It comes back as if I picked it up and I've never yet found it. Okay, that should never happen to me. I didn't do anything wrong, but. You just have to decide what's more important. And you have to decide that it's really important to vote. And I know it's hard because I have other things I can do with my afternoon and sit on, I was on a 51 minute wait time. That's why I made most of this PowerPoint. Um, but I, I know that it's hard and I'm not dismissing that. I'm just saying that you have to decide if it's worth it and 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 do it now i will say this this is what i've done for years if i go to the dmv or i go somewhere and they give me a runaround i leave i go to another dmv or i come back the next day and i get another person and usually i don't have a problem now should i have to do that no but i've just found that it's a very um useful tactic because some people can't hear you. I mean, it's not their ears that are the problem. Um, so, or just because you are in the, say the city, because I think that's where you told me that happened. Um, and they tell you blah, 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 blah. No, it was the county. It okay. was not the city, it was the county. Okay. But I mean, yeah, I, I'm, and I'm not trying to be rude. I am definitely not trying to be rude. I think no, I'm point, just I'm being kind of agree real. to disagree and kind of move forward because we are like an hour in, um, and that's that's just me because we having a great conversation. But I do again want to respect people's time and kind of mm -hmm. get this a little more, you know, faster. Um, but I do. I'm I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not. Me. No, I don't think you're rude. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just want to respect the, the guests. Of course, y'all time. I know it's Saturday, and of course, I want to you know respect yeah. people that's watching this time. So. 
Okay, so if you have a misdemeanor, you just lose the right to vote while you're incarcerated. So a misdemeanor is a year less or less than a year, a day less or whatever. So um, again, if you've moved, then you need to re-register. Now, here's another thing. A person can be in jail without being convicted. They pick you up, they say, well, your court date's December 1st and you're gonna be here over voting day. If you don't have a felony conviction, you can vote from jail. So that's another thing. Now we've tried different times. Um, some of these things are really hard. Like what I think is that anybody who's in, in a prison or a, a jail, they've got your record and they should know if you're able to vote or not. But that would be a perfect world. So I've, we've tried some different things. There are people that, that do well and then that person leaves and it goes kind of, but I just want you to know that if you don't have a record, I mean, not even a record, but if you don't have an outstanding, you can um, go ahead and vote, even though you're technically locked up. Okay, the Secretary of State from Missouri, this is good info on registering, voting, all those things. Um, this is um, Jay Ashcroft, his website. So, and this shows the different forms. And I'm gonna kind of skip this because I think you guys are pretty sharp, um, but I didn't know who was gonna be here. So then the second question that uh, Shawana, Shavana asked me was about, what's this stuff with voting on judges? Like, how do we know? Okay, Missouri uses what's called the Missouri Court Plan. And um, it, it's not every judge, but in St. Louis County and St. Louis City and all the higher up judges, all the appellate appeals court. Um, they, and there are like Kansas City and some other places, but this is where we are. Um, they have decided to use the Missouri court plan. Some of those little towns where everybody knows everybody, um, it's different and they have not done this. But um, most of the states in the country, the majority for sure, have either adopted the Missouri court plan or something similar. So it's not that weird. Um, so the judges were, were always out campaigning and since they weren't hearing cases, the courts were backlogged. And of course, there's a bigger problem where there's more population. And also they needed money for campaigning and how do you get money and, you know, are you a bot person? And then there were bosses in the 40s in Kansas City and St. Louis who people thought were controlling who got to be a judge. And that wasn't very democratic either. So um, around here, we've adopted this plan. And uh, what happens is then you have nonpartisan judges and they don't run against an opponent. So that's why you don't hear about them because they're not campaigning, but that was part of the point of the plan. Um, they're actually prohibited. Um, from campaigning for retention. And because of this, um, they're serving um, voters, because most of these are in larger metropolitan areas, often have difficulty finding information because it's not Joe from four doors down. So um, the really the best thing, and it's not gonna help us right now because the judges aren't up for retention, 
is this website, yourmissourijudges.org. And if you go there, it's not super detailed. I think you can get more details if you poke around. But they give them um, yeah, a thumbs up or thumbs down, basically. And how it is, is it's to help voters gain insight as to the performance of judges who are up for retention. And that's basically anybody that's been on the bench for, I think you have to be on it like a year and a half. Like if you just got on last month, you get to wait till next time. And it's called the Judicial Performance Review Committee. It's a statewide panel, it has lawyers, it has non-lawyers, it has retired judges. I think some of the non-lawyers um, are people that have been on juries, but it's supposed to be people who knew something about what a judge is supposed to be doing evaluate them. And um, the judges are always up for retention in November of the even numbered years. So every presidential election and then the midterms. And uh, right now there's probably, well, unless it's just left over, there's probably not much on there. But you can always look up and see who your people are. And then the other thing I was asked about was um, the spring elections. So this is the, for the entire state of Missouri. Um, this is the way every year is. In February, there can be bond elections. I don't, you know, with every little town, I don't know if every little town, some of them might be having them. But the big things are March 2nd, which will be charter cities and charter counties. Well, that's um, St. Louis City, and um, St. Louis County. And St. Louis City is going to have their first um, primary under Prop D, which they just voted in. So it will be a nonpartisan. None of the candidates will be labeled as Democrat or Republican. And then, um, like I live in a charter city, so they would do something then. Um, and then April 6th, is the general municipal election day. And so then the city, that's gonna be their general. So they're gonna have a primary and then a general. And that's kind of a big deal because we're waiting to see what happens with Prop D. And so here's the last day, the second column is the last day to register to vote for each of those elections. And um, I don't know if you care, unless somebody's gonna be a candidate about the filing dates, but, um, so that's all, did you, was anybody working on that? Should I bring it back? Um, if you can share that PowerPoint and stuff with me, I'll um, yes. actually post those on like a Facebook page. Um, and, yeah. and then this, hopefully I can get this um, audio or this video on YouTube too. So, and of course it's on Facebook Live, but yeah. So I will definitely post these. For people it's a little bit busy, but it does give you the official information now since last year was the um, presidential year, we had a lot going on this year. It's gonna be more of a sleeper year as far as um, the, amount, the amount of activity, not necessarily the issues. Right. <laughs> um, so, and then um, some, other legal, uh, some other League of Women Voter issues, which you might be interested in, is we have a committee that's working on voter access. Like I said, they're trying to get rid of um, maybe the notary, maybe I'd like it to be no excuse absentee. I just, I want us to walk around with buttons that says no excuse. Um, and um, we're trying to see what we can get 
the state legislature to support. And we know how that is. Um, then there's um, the national popular vote, which is a thing that you can also look up. Um, there's a website for that. And it's a way to guarantee the presidency to the candidate that wins the most votes nationwide. Like, and then we don't have all these like that, um, battleground states, which are the only important states. So um, there's a whole other thing I can talk about that, but I'm not going to. Um, and then actually this should be HB House Bill. Um, there's a, um, we just had Brian Williams come and talk to us. He's in D District 14 and he's supporting this. This is a whole list of about 15 um, uh, different things that they want to change about voting that would make it more accessible. Um, it shouldn't be jumping through hoops to vote. And so um, that's why we support that. So I'm going to be quiet and see if anybody has any questions. Yeah, we definitely want to open up to anybody. Um, Facebook Live, I got somebody watching. So if you guys have a question, uh, put it out there. Um, anybody on Zoom, if you guys have questions, put it in the chat. Um, I have one question. Um, I know you would. I do. I but no, the question is, can you give out any information or resources for people who are having maybe possible trouble voting? Like who can they reach out to for assistance with that? Yes. Um, uh, I don't know that I have it in front of me. Okay, I'm going to see if I can stop sharing. And then um, um, then I'm going to pull down if I can. Um, you guys are going to get to see all the people on my Gmail list. Oh, no, you stop sharing. So your screen is pretty clear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a group called Missouri Voter Protection Coalition, and it's part of a national group. And um, let me see. Oh, it is HR1. It's called For the People Act. Um, let's see. And I do know if anybody's like listening, I like, okay, for some reason they like, okay, I need to get involved or they feel like they want to do something. Um, www.protectthevote.net, they look for volunteers. Um, so that's something that people can do. And um, I know to report an issue, I believe it's uh, A66 uh, R vote, if you have an issue with voting, I think that's one too. Um, so that's some information out there. Yeah, one, did you say one eight six six? That's another one. Yeah. Yes. And, um, okay, I'll come back to you guys. Um, that's the number I was looking for. That's Motor, Missouri Voter Protection Coalition. Okay. They have a meeting every Monday at 10 o'clock. And if you come, it's just a Zoom meeting, and sometimes it's a bazillion people, um, like right before the election. But, um, they're working they're always working on the issue and right now um they're working on um the 
changes made to the absentee voting for um, November where anybody could do a mail-in ballot and people who were over 65 could automatically do an absentee ballot. Those two changes which were enacted by Governor Parson will expire on 12-31. So one of the things we're trying to do is to get them reinstated at least through the April election. Um, we don't know, but clearly the virus is not gone. Right. Um, but there are lots of things like that. And um, I did, um, I went to some polling places because uh, we did poll monitoring and saw, you know, what was going on and if they were doing what they were supposed to. And um, it's just a really good grassroots um, effort to, um, you'll learn a lot. And so anything else? Um, no, I don't think if no one has any questions or if you did have a question and we missed it, um, our badge, don't charge it to our heart. <laughs> well, you know, you'll get it next time. Right. You know, um, I definitely, but if you need any, if anybody out there, y'all have questions, y'all need help, assistance or any type of way, thehoodtalks at gmail.com. I am willing to try to find, connect you to where you need to go. Um, because again, I think this is important uh, for our people, um, especially everybody needs to vote, but you know, we definitely need to know and be educated on these things. But yeah, I'm new to this. I ain't true to this just yet. I'm working on it though. Um, so thank you. Are you got a question here? No, I was just going to ask if voting wasn't um, something that was uh, an element of change, it wouldn't be so difficult. Right. And it, they and, it wouldn't, and it wouldn't be historically, you know, difficult. You know, you look at the difficulty of voting because that is um, our right. And that is something that we've had to fight, whether woman, whether black, whether brown, you had to fight for this because they know that it is changing. Mm -hmm. Definitely a changing component. And I yeah. think it's even bigger than that. That's my personal opinion, not a league opinion. Um, I think not only... I think power isn't readily shared. Mm. And so um, hopefully in an unarmed manner, you do have to fight for it. Um, and once you get it, you have to protect it mm. because people are always looking to claw it back. Mm. And I think sometimes, because um, I'm old, so I, I look at some of these things that we did this, we did this forever ago, and now it's just eroding, eroding, eroding. And so I think sometimes we maybe get, um, we're not vigilant enough, and then we lose what we fought for. That's my little mm -hmm. two cents. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. This is great. <laughs> I'm really glad to have come and, um, I would like to be on your mailing list for when you do this again. <laughs> okay, um, right. Look, I'm just getting started, but I'm I'm working on all of that, and I would definitely make sure that you're part of it. Uh, but I do appreciate you coming and uh, giving out that information um, and being on this platform, this in this space. Um, I, I do. When they're all going to share, you guys are all going to share, so that's wonderful. 
<laughs> yes. Um, so for the time's sake, I do want to go ahead and kind of close out with um, one question. The last question. I had many questions, y'all, but time went by fast. I didn't think it would go that fast. Um, but we, we hit some topics. I, much respect to y'all. I swear, I, I knew y'all was going to do it, Terry. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a much respect. Um, but to finish this off, because I think this is another important thing, and I wanted to build this platform because I want to reach people that don't feel like they don't have a voice. I want to reach people that don't feel like they fit into this this system or whatever. You know, they're like, oh, I might not look a certain way. I might not talk a certain way. Like, I, I really want to reach those people. So, in y'all words, or in y'all own experiences, why do y'all feel like um, it's hard for people to like um, be engaged in our and you know be a part of community and build on community and just being engaged and being you know part of whatever it is the betterment of people, black people. Let's let's keep it real. Why? Why do we shy away from that? That's a good question. It really is. I mean, I can speak from personal experience. Um, I think one reason it's difficult for me to engage, depending on, you know, what it really is. Um, to me, everyone has their own gifts and strengths. So depending on what that engagement is, you know, whether it's like speaking like this on the platform, some people don't have the confidence or maybe may feel like they aren't knowledgeable enough to speak to a group of people. Um, when it comes to like protesting and being out on the forefront, that might not be your gift is what either, you know, um, yeah. It really just depends on who the person is to be able to, I feel like, to be able to fully answer that question about engagement. Um, and then I think a lot of it, mistrust in the mm -hmm. system. You know what I mean? Like, okay, if I do this, then what? We've been protesting and marching since forever. Yeah, forever. I've been literally doing it for over 50 years. Yeah, and that it's to me, it's sad to hear. And that. I'm not saying that's my whole life, but there are times when you know, because no, it isn't. But I'm just saying, 50 years ago, I I thought we'd be further. Right, <clears throat> and it comes, and I'm it, I'm sure it's it's uh, it's definitely discouraging. It's exhausting. It it's exhausting. Talk about your your mental health. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, like. George Floyd took a toll on me. Hmm. That took a huge and, and and historically we have so many different instances, but that for some reason just took a we Mike Brown here and you know that's local, but um George Floyd just touched me in a different capacity in a different way and it really just took a toll on me mentally and emotionally. And, and I want to say somebody said that why I don't know who it was. I can I can oh, I wish I can give them credit for saying this. It's they said because we actually got to see it through through the whole process. You actually saw him getting killed. That's why it was meant to, like you know with the Mike Brown situation, they were able to fight it like oh well he did this and he's because we didn't have like the video of it happening. So Ooh. they said we physically you were seeing this man die. Like but see I, I mean? didn't watch it. I don't watch. I can't watch. Yeah. It's hard watch to watch, it. 
It is hard to watch. And it's like, it's exhausting, but I do watch it for simple facts. But I, I want them coming back and saying something that didn't, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, well, that didn't happen. Or that, no, I want to see for myself. So you can't, I can't, you can't take away from what I've seen. That's all right. I like. I know. Seeing people die and stuff, it's just, it's hard. It's irritating. It's sad that we have to keep doing it. Oh my God. Like I said, I can't even think about our mental mind. That when you keep seeing somebody that looks like you or looks like your brother or looks like your husband or looks like, you know, your dad sitting there dying, it's, it's, right. sad. it's, it's irritating. And then they keep showing it like it's just nobody. Like, right. that's a nobody. And even like, you know, okay, these particular people, they were black men, most of them. But so I don't have that sort of looks just like me, but they're human beings. I mean, how do you, I mean, that's, you know, they, they might not look like me, but, but how is that even important? But you know, you know, it, it, but you know in, in this country, and the saddest, the saddest thing is, is two pieces, that if we're gonna be real, you have more sympathy for a dog that is a uh, rescue, dog than you do for black historic the systematic pain and suffering of blacks not having basic needs met you have these same white individuals that are so quick to make sure that this rescue dog has every basic need that a human should have passion for a dog that have been uh put in a cage Right. food and water for two days mm -hmm. as opposed to historically black people in this country mm -hmm. and slavery. Mm -hmm. You have some people, you have white people that have no compassion for slavery, mm -mm. but more compassion for this dog. Right. I think that's definitely so, true. And so I think you, about that a lot, actually. But then you expect for black people to have the same compassion that you do. It's not how it works. Right. So for me, I'm, I'm, my compassion is to my community. My compassion is for people in general, but my passion, number one priority is to my people. Right. That's not, it doesn't exclude. Right. It's to my people. Right. So when I'm I, just saying, when I, I see that person as a right. person now, okay, maybe, you know, I have all these subliminal prejudices, but, but I, it wouldn't matter if it was a 90 year old person that could hardly walk and you know, it's somebody. That goes back to Michael Vick. You know, that's why Michael Vick, they, I mean, the, they came down on him because they're like, how can he do this to these dogs? But that is normalized. Right. Black community. That is normalized. That is profited in the black community. That is survival to where, you know, it's like a dice game. And right. people have a dice game. So, so when, we, when I think about voting, that's the, honestly the, the last thing that is on a person's mind is voting and all that comes with voting because they're like, well, ain't nothing going to change. Right. Stay the same. But then as Chavana said, it's like there's a mistrust in the government in itself to where they're going to be like, well, it is what it is. But understanding that bag of flaming hot Cheetos you bought, you had to pay taxes on those chips. Right. Taxes on everything that you do. And 
for the black community to not put it into perspective, you have the power to say where that money goes and where it's spent. Just like we have the power to say, you're not going to close those 11 schools. You know, right. You're not going to do this. This is what's going to happen. But we don't, we, we have the power. We have the voice. We just don't use it. And if we use it collaboratively, we would get those changes done. But then too, you want to be real about if we really use our voice for the change that, it, that should take place, the change that needs to be in place, the fairness that, and equality and, and equity that needs to be at the forefront, that is a fear for a lot of white people to say that these black people have control. Where does that leave us? That's a fear. Where does that leave our children? Because at the end of the day, white people have profited off of the blacks' backs mm -hmm. and the scars and the tears and the bloods. Like they have the generational wealth off mm -hmm. of our work. So for a lot of people, white people, they say, "Where does that leave our children? Where does that leave our grandchildren? Where does that leave you know?" Because white people, when they when they died when they died fifty years ago, they knew where their family stood a hundred years going in. They knew where they stood. They, they can rest peacefully. Mm. But now we're talking about a shift. Mm -hmm. That makes people uncomfortable. But you know that shift has to happen because it's only fair forward. If this shift should have happened a long time ago. Right. Well, I agree. It's a different I mean, time now. I, I agree, but that goes back to what I said, people. But we're going to agree Generally, to disagree. That's what we're going to do right now. Just agree to disagree. I'm sorry because we got a time, a short period. But I, I, I again, I think. We should have had this a two hour. We should have had two hours today, Shavanna. I'm see, trying to respect the people's mindset. You know, the time frame. Go ahead, Nancy. Go ahead. What you going to say? Don't give up their power. You say people don't give up their power. But people got, I think we have to start feeling like we have power. Some of us. Some of us know we have okay. it. Some of us know we have it. A lot of us don't. And I think that's where we fall short as Black people. Black people, y'all got power. Don't get it twisted. But look. Um, but it, And I say that because I've been in the mindset where I felt like I didn't have power. So I, I, I kind of relate to people that goes on every, day to day with their lives and just think about their inside bubble. For me, my ground was a, a wake-up call because it was so close to home. But, you know, you see it all the time, but that was so close to home. And then, George, that was just like a, a, another, you know, opening or whatever. But we do have power. Our voices do matter, no matter how you look, no matter what you talk like, no matter what you know. I Let me tell y'all something. I don't know a lot. I'm learning a lot. Um, and I'm putting myself out here because I want people to be able to say, like, I don't know this. I'm going to figure it out. But I still matter. And my voice still matters. And you can get up, get on these platforms and talk about what you demand. We have the right to demand that these people do what we want them to do for our communities. Point blank, period. That's, I'm going to leave that at that. And I ain't going to keep going. But um, I'm going to start closing this out. Y'all got anything else to say before we end the show? Anything keep that y'all want to Keep it going. Keep your, <laughs> I'm saying, keep your eyes open. I mean, keep your eyes open. And, and even with uh, Trump exiting out, you also have to pay attention to the things that Trump has put in place before he exited. So when I think of the, when I say put in place, you got to talk, you got to talk about the Supreme Court judges mm -hmm. yep. there until either they resign or they die or Trump goes to prison and they break down 
everything that he's done and say, uh-uh, yeah, I got to go. So mm -hmm. you got you to gotta think about the things that he's put in place and how that is going to affect us you know, as a country. So, um, yeah, stay woke. Um, stay woke. I don't know, just keep fighting a good fight. Be positive. Love on one another. Love each other. Yes. But yeah, really. Yes. Keep pushing forward in a positive direction. It's going to take all of us. It ain't going to just take one. It's going to take all of us. So keep this going. I swear. It's gonna Look, take and let me just give a shout out. Can I give a shout out? I, I got to give a shout out to... <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Laura Gully on the line. Because uh, when you talk about the voice, I remember when I first met Laura and I was like, Laura, you know, I, I have a voice. I want to say this. Should I say this? Ooh, is it too, too? And Laura's like, you better your voice. Yeah. You Silence yourself, use it. That is uh that is who you are, and, and until you realize like that's your power. Yes. And, and you know, well, use it. It's a tool. Yeah. But I don't feel this is you know, it's just me, but I don't feel that you are I don't know if this is the right word, disrespectful of other people. You are just saying what you see. You don't get up and say, you know, this is a bad, you know, we, we hear this all the time in politics. That person did it. I, I think you're sharing your feelings and your intelligence and your heart come through. Well, thank you. And that makes it really hard. I mean, I don't want to not believe you anyway, but it makes it harder for somebody to be dismissive because you're not carrying on. You're speaking from your heart and you're making sense. And I love Maslow's hierarchy. I learned that 50 years ago and I still think about it. And I love that you brought it up because the idea of a starving artist doesn't, that's not reality. If you're hungry, you're not creative. Mm. Well, okay, that's right. Thank you. All right, Terry, you still here with us? Or I know you over on mommy duty. Say. I am still here to know. Um, again, just thank you for having me. Um, I didn't even know we were going to touch on all these subjects that we did, but you can't, you really can't have that conversation without, without touching it. So it's exactly. so, yeah, it's so intricate. It's so many working parts. And um, I just appreciate you having me and um, grateful to meet y'all. And hopefully we can collaborate on some other stuff going forward. Um, well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, um, taking the time out to watch. Please share, uh, look out for our YouTube page. Um, I do want to say, um, watch out for the next show. It's going to be in January. I have four awesome guys that's going to sit here and have a talk, a conversation around the fight for equity and the man's role in it. So be looking out for that in January and if you guys want to support, if you guys have any feedback, any advice, any questions, comments, hit us up at the DA Hood H O O D Talks with the S at gmail.com. All right, y'all. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.